This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. Now, listen, there's no nice way of putting this. We're not live this morning. This is a pre-recorded show, so don't text in. You'll be throwing money down the drain. Um, however, you can um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm saying Twitter because there's a T missing on my handout. Uh, on, uh, you can, my you can, handout? So you can Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio and email uh, frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I just read what I'm handed. Oh. Um, well, careful with that excuse. They won't you cost you all sorts of They won't water. cost you anything, but nor will they gain you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, it's, that's a philosophy that you have to uh, sort out for yourselves. What an opener! Yeah. Ah, so, um, hey, first I'm going to start with a thank you, Russell Croucher. Okay. Um, he uh, he sent me. You know, I was talking about the fact that I'd got a four-color traditional four-color pen. And I got one, uh, I managed to attain one, which instead of the green ink slide, had got a pencil option, which was, if you've got pencil, black pen, blue pen, red pen, that's my life. Yeah. Right mm. there. And uh, then I accidentally wrote in a book, in like a proper poetry book, in black ink, because I got the wrong slide down. That, that was a little summary of that particular tragedy he sent me um rather beautifully uh, a, a, a traditional four color <laughs> ink pen with a pencil sellotape to it and the pencil points in the opposite direction so i can never make that mistake again it's good what a guy it's good, but it's making me feel a bit sick mm. why Just, i don't know <laughs> i don't think the pen and the pencil they're very different beasts I, they're not happy bedfellows, particularly when they're trapped together with a the, dirty the, old sellotape. I like the pen and the pencil. <laughs> it sounds like a, a musical song. <laughs> there was a musical song called um, The Hard-Boiled Egg and the Wasp. <laughs> A narrative <laughs> tale. This is a difficult follow-up to the owl and the pussycat. Yeah, I think the, the, the wasp falls in love with a hard-boiled egg by a series of um, misunderstandings. We've all done Gosh, it. I, I wouldn't like to reverse-engineer those misunderstandings <laughs> from Who that title. Who would you rather be in that couple? Oh, the wasp, I think. Oh, I'd go Hated, egg. I know, but um, <laughs> but mobile. But free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hated but free. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said for um, hated but free. Frank, <clears throat> on the pen... Buzz Boris Johnson texted me only last night. <laughs> Frank, on the pen front... On the pen front. Brian Jones, just so you know, has been in touch. Right. You may be interested to know that Martin Keown, the Arsenal, the ex-Arsenal footballer, yeah. uses a multicoloured pen. Does he? As spotted on the video feed from his appearance on TalkSport. Frank's a trendsetter, a possible new friend for him. Over to you, Frank. <laughs> no, I'm glad to. He's, he's, one of the, he's the thinking man's football pundit, Martin oh. Keown. He's much, he's much better spoken than your average... I thought um, you were going to say, much better speaking than playing. No, no, he was very good at <laughs> yes, playing he as was. well. So, yes, I, I, I'm happy to be in his Venn diagram. Okay. Certainly. On the, on the subject of spotting things that we've talked about on the show, 
Um, I noticed that uh, the popular comedian Al Murray wears a pinky ring. <laughs> which I think I identified as a warning, as a thing to avoid. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't apply to Al, but yeah, no. I'm guessing that's a family crest or something. Well, he's lovely. Al is a he's a bit he's a portion, as a, I believe. Yeah. That's the word I. I'm use. just thinking he's got like a big he's got a big finger, Al, and he might be running out of options. That might be a, a ring that's made its way along the hand it's over a, the years. It's a, it's a priceless family heirloom. Is it really? I Do wonder. You know for a fact, I no. wonder if what if. What if in off stage he's got his actual one and then on stage he's got the sort of the one that the landlord would wear? Oh. He does a switcheroo. That but that'd be a salve that'd be a salve on the central finger, wouldn't it? What Frank, what was yeah, the one with What's the central finger called again? No. There isn't actually a central finger. finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the the, the the landlord wouldn't do that. Uh, gesture because no. he's too American. Yes, that's true. A oh, patriot. he wouldn't like that. Frank, what's the oh, the onyx ring? Would he favour mm. that? Hmm? Oh, I'll have to look up onyx before I answer that. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Skinner. Absolute radio. I tell you, I had a. Um, see what you think about this. Cause okay. I thought, can I talk about this on the radio after it happened? And I thought, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm very sensitive. <laughs> so first of all, the first bit's all right. I I, I got on the tube. Um, Last night, the tube being the London Underground <laughs> for those outside of uh, of London, I never like to assume. And when I say I got on it, I went, I got to the barrier where you have to show your ticket, and I got out my over sixties uh, travel card, yeah, um, which was given to me on my sixtieth birthday by um, the establishment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the powers that be. I don't know who officially hands it out, as you, as you can tell. It's all sound very Kafka. Yes, mm. so it says sixty plus London, and um, it's got a picture of me. I'm waving it about now, and I, I so I, I got. Uh, uh, <laughs> I sung a bar of the glamorous laugh yes. by Fergie. Fame. <laughs> so uh, no, everyone gets David this. Bowie. Everyone gets this. So um, I got to the barrier and it wouldn't work. Oh, my loyal over sixties travel card. And I looked at it, and for the first time ever, and I must have looked at it a thousand times, I realised it has on it. Discount <laughs> expiry date, 12th of February, 23. Were they expecting your demise? Well, as I say, I think uh, in an over-60s travel card, I think I should define the expiry. <laughs> yes. Does that explain that bullet that ricocheted off the wall near yes. you on the 12th of February? Do they just think, what do you think, he's got a year? It feels like it should have. Him. You know the small print thing. Things like it should say, uh, 12th of February, 23, or death in brackets, whichever comes first. <laughs> or, or next offer. Yeah, so I don't know if I if I can renew it, if I've lived you, too long. This, I, you're do, back to pain. I can, I can hear now a council person on the phone say, sorry, mate, you've lived too long. <laughs> you're going to have to go back to pain. We can send know. someone round. Yeah, stop to this. You know, we, yeah, we, the, the living too long thing, we're trying to stamp down on next people. <laughs> Maybe taking it's advantage. a gentle hint. <laughs> so, 
I wonder if everyone gets this. So it's a yearly thing. No, it's not a yearly thing. I've had it for <laughs> six years, and uh, they were guess twelfth of February. What? How random a date is that? It would be spooky if we compared it with someone else's, and theirs expired after eight, and someone else's nine. And no, four. do you know what they're I've guessing? Worked? No, I've worked it out. So it's back to Lucy. Weeks. Can you go into the street and stop some pensioners? <laughs> <laughs> it's two weeks after your birthday, or so around then, maybe. Okay. Maybe they think one year, it'll just all... They predicted it, you might be overwhelmed by the celebrations. <laughs> so yeah. two weeks after it is a safe bet. OK. Well, I'm gonna, I'm investigating. I say, when in, in, there are times on this show when I say I... You have to hear my personal assistant yes. is investigating. Yes. Because I've really grown to love my over-60s travel card. During lockdown, it burnt a hole in my pocket. The <laughs> idea that I, I wasn't using it yes. frustrated me. Anyway, I then got on the train, having paid with my credit card. Yeah. After all I've done for this country... <laughs> You're, you've got an award from the Yeah, mark. I'm open. When I get the MBE, I'll be able to um, just swipe that in supermarkets and everything. Never have to yeah. pay for anything again. <laughs> no, it better have a barcode on the back. Swinging it round your neck. Yeah. That would be great. Oh, what a gift a lanyard. that would be. And a lanyard. Whether lanyard. one of those retractable... But also, I'd like it to have a slightly sort of civil service aspect to it. So maybe just a nylon string. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'd like. No, no, business-like, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I was reading the other day about Oasis that during an Oasis gig... Liam Gallagher would do between five and seven Rubik cubes behind his back while singing. Really? You know, he was stands with his hands behind his back, <laughs> <laughs> and he has a special, like, little platform stitched yeah. into the the um, the tailed parka. Yes, like a little shelf. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, I always, you know, my view that you do things best when you're doing something else yes. at the same time. I think mm. it, yeah. that, that's a very good uh, example. He's a multitasker. He, he can't sing in the rain or he drowns. Yes. Well, that's... Um, it's got to be a covered stage. I hadn't thought of that. Mm. So I so I got, um, I was telling you about the fact that I uh, struggled to get through to the actual platform on the London Underground because um, I've uh, officially died. <laughs> so um, I I did get on the tube It was busy It was like, you know It was uh, Thai time As we'd say Back in the black country And What's um, that, tea? Yeah Oh, okay So there's people And a man got on And um, I have to describe this man And I, I say this with all tenderness Facially Oh, dear He looked <laughs> like a homeless man Mm-hmm. In that he got a very raggedy beard and and a black eye, a really big black eye, mm. but he was immaculately dressed in quite fashion, I'd say high fashion clothing. Right. And I thought, oh, that's uh, interesting. And he said to me, "Oh no, yeah. and he's one of these. He had very very quiet voice, which on the tube, useless. I said, I can't really. He said, oh, we're and I thought, oh, this is going to be... Different. People were starting to stare. And yeah. he reached into his... He had, like, a, a, a bag, like a designer shop bag. 
And he reached in and he took out a small parcel and he unwrapped it. It was a, a, a slice of cheese. <laughs> um, and it had a, a thing on it which said something like, some French word and mature, and it was a, it was a lovely the way it had been wrapped. It was I obviously hope so. bought. I wouldn't say ladies after it. So it was bought from a what? <laughs> I wouldn't say ladies. No, it didn't say that. So it had. Um, it looked like it was from a proper posh shop, yeah. and um, he offered it to me. Really? So um, people <laughs> by now were staring, and he said, as he as he himself pointed out. <laughs> but I could tell by the gesture he was offering it. And so I broke a chunk off. No. Yeah. Only it looked, it was still Are in you its... absolutely joking? No. I've Since I've been in Amsterdam, my cheese intake has gone through the ceiling. Yeah. You, um, you broke a chunk well, he was off. Well, he was clearly offering, even though I couldn't hear him, his gesture I, I was one of giving. Was you, you accepted cheese from a ghost. Yeah, exactly. Let's be frank. It was a bit Banquo's ghost. Um, Banquo's haute couture ghost. Yes. And it, I tell you what, I realised as you I playing at it was it was it didn't like posh rapping. So anyway, I had a chunk of it. It was lovely. Sure. And um, I wouldn't accept it off a friend. And then I thought this guy has got lottery winner written all over him. Homeless man buys lottery ticket, goes to shop, buys those, the, the, the fanciest, most modern clothes and, like, state-of-the-art cheese. And, um, but hasn't lost, hasn't lost his roots of being indecipherable and having a black eye. <laughs> yeah. It was a really strange... You, and then he you carried, say he looked homeless, but then... He was offering you food. But he was, he was offering you the cheese. He was immaculately dressed, and um, and he said another five minutes of things I couldn't hear. And in the end, he, he became <laughs> exasperated at my non-response and stopped speaking to me. Happily, I'd reached embankment, so that was my stop. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I I don't know if I'll ever stop thinking about this cheese encounter of yours. Um. Well, it was it was uh, the the, cl- well, the clothes the man was wearing, yeah. like I said, as well as being very fashionable and smart, looking like they ju- they were just purchased. Yeah. I'm imagining some less nice clothes in a public toilet somewhere, and he'd gone in yes. and just got just got changed. Yes. Can I just say that looking at a card and seeing that you're <laughs> being told that you're dead by a yeah. document and then meeting this man yeah. it lends it all the aspect of sort of a limbo or a dream well it's very Christmas I think future it's <laughs> something of the yes. I think other people could see him because they were unless they were smiling the fact that I was talking to talking, myself talking to thin air and eating cheese that you'd bought yourself from yeah. your open palm I mean yeah he does there is something of the Dickens character yes. about Frank but people were giving me that look and we must have all experiences that look of people look really happy around me you know when people that i'm so glad this person isn't speaking to me Me, yes of course their attitudes changed when they saw the free cheese (laughs) element maybe that was the lesson yeah it's the lesson for everyone else exactly (laughs) judge not yeah you too could have some of this smelly stuff from someone's old pocket but now when you say fashionable do you mean like um, the sort of 
fashionable like a, a Armani suit or fashionable like no. streetwear well fashionable? Yeah, no, very I, well mean, I mean fashionable like what one would see on a catwalk, like a slightly oh. challenging fashionable, like a jacket with oh. um, Are you talking, added think, bits on it yes. that you think, oh, that's a bit... I uh, think we're talking directional. Well, I don't know what that means. It means what you just said. Okay. Directional fashion. So it's just sort of, it's a big statement. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the sort of thing you might see on the red carpet yeah. at, yeah. The, um, at the BAFTAs. Someone's trying to make a bit of a splash on the photos. Who's and... the lady who's called something Joy, who was in The Queen's Gambit? Anya um, Taylor-Joy. Well, Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy on the BAFTA's red carpet wore, like, you know, a, a nice um, mini dress type thing. But for the picture, she had an enormous... Le- I mean, it was it was Kravitz-style <laughs> scarf. Oh, right. But made of some sort of... I'm going to call it shot silk. And the reason I'm going to call it that, because I don't know what shot silk is, but I like saying it. Yeah. OK. Uh, it, was, it was that kind of... He could have just come off the red carpet. Yeah. Via the the um, doorway. While we're just briefly on the BAFTAs, don't worry, we're going to get back to the cheese... <laughs> Uh, Richard E. Grant, or yeah. Reg, as I call him, yes, he went for a white cape, Frank. He did. What say you? No, he he, uh, he carried off. I Dracula. mean, I, look, I don't approve of non-comedians hosting award shows. No, no. Media, nor but, do I recommend it generally. But um, I thought he was he was a lovable host. Um, but that the cape was. Um, I liked the cape, mm, I and I liked the lady who designed. The highlight of the Baftas for me was Sandy Powell mm. getting oh. a fellowship because yes. she. Now this bloke on the tube could have had on his arm <laughs> Sandy Powell, and they would have not looked an ill-matched couple. She's like height of fashion. Okay, mm. and um, yeah, it was. We will never, we'll never get to the bottom of it. What, my Did you best swap chance... numbers or anything? Did you think it was inappropriate? No, I don't know if he'd got a phone yet. <laughs> he'd only just found the money and the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank um, God that Munger was next to the. Uh, I thought I felt he was, he was, um, he was in flux <laughs> between um, being, you know, um, between dire straits and um, the good life. Yeah. Not the good life, because that would be like self-preserve. But yeah, I thought he was that—he was just passed from rags to riches. Yeah. But he'd only just arrived at riches. It's only just been the massive oversized check. Yeah, I don't think he'd even been through passport control. Yeah, <laughs> at riches. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. We're talking about this man who who you. Ran into on, you didn't run into, that implies a prior knowledge, but you encountered him on yeah. public transport. Can I make and he it clear again? Uh, can yeah. I make it clear again that um, I don't, th- this man, um, God bless him, I, I'm pretty convinced that he was a, a homeless person who had mm. recently come into an enormous amount of money in some way. That everything about him, uh, as, a, as a detective, um, ex detective myself, <laughs> not, not true. Um, that's what I think. But you know, he was, he was. I think he was being really friendly. I just couldn't hear what he was saying. The cheesemonger's ghost. Yeah. Did yeah. he give anyone uh, what I would like? Uh, just a couple of questions. Frank very kindly said uh, when we had a brief comfort break just now that he would. Uh, 
answer questions if we had any on the cheese man. Yes. So I have one. Did the cheese man offer it to any other no, hunters? No, not while I was on the uh, train he didn't. Okay. He was very focused on me. I, he recognised me. So I would say... He had a television about 20 years ago. <laughs> That's another one Did of my deductions. Do you think, like, like our Keith, he still called it the goggle box? <laughs> I hope so. I, I don't know what he called anything, so I couldn't hear him. But, um, yeah, it's, if only in life one could take out a remote control and just turn people up or down a bit, mm. that would be great. You see, I generally find people too. People are too loud. Well, you know, there's like a stereotype. Of, we've, we've spoken of, I think, quite recently, of the loud American. Yes. I walked up the road with my son a couple of weeks ago, and there was a bloke walking ahead, and I could hear. Yeah, well, I, uh, if you go down, I know because I said just talking to the person next to him, and I said, I said to boss, "What do you mean?" He said, "Why, why is he shouting?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say he's American. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. But it was the guy next to him was slightly cowering yes. onto this, the onslaught. Yes. But is that, it's that if I went, what, is it a geographical thing? Is it because there's more space? The uh, wide open prairies. I mean, I, are South Africans loud? They can be. Mm. I, I don't know. It's I, a good idea, the space thing. No, I think I, they have more space. This would, if I was walking down the road alongside a curb crawling polling day vote <laughs> Labour yeah, yeah. It would, that's what it would have been yes. like if the bloke was talking to me through that through I, the roof speaker I, I had a, one of these just this week actually I was in the sort of small Tesco near my flat and a, a, an American lady who was sort of only a metre or so from me said extraordinarily loudly do you know where the vitamins are in this store? <laughs> yeah and I went Gugh. and I said oh they're, well they're, all the sort of health stuff's just there next to the and she went, ah, and she was shocked at me because she'd been bellowing at her friend at the other yeah. end of the aisle. She's probably oh. sitting with friends now saying, so this bloke, he looked, he looked homeless, but, but he was so quiet, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell what he was talking about. He was about. just gesturing wildly at vitamins. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you know the English, they're virtually silent. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with uh, Emily Dean and Pierre Nefeli. We are not live, so do not text. Mm. Okay? You can uh, Twitter and Instagram us, though. I'm not saying twice or no because the producer has added a T with Biro. Biro? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I read that not only as if I'd never read it before, but as if I'd never read English before. <laughs> it's like I read Chaucer in that slightly, oh, this is strange, I love it. He would have written it twice, he would have, yeah. I don't know if he mentioned Twitter much. Um, I've got. I've just received uh, an email which I'm going to read to you hot off the press. It's from London Councils. I didn't even know there was such an organisation as London Councils. Some sort of joined. Oh. Sounds a bit scammy, but yeah. as, continue. Well, it says um, blah blah blah. Your application has now been passed to the administration team for processing and provided your application is successful, you receive your Freedom Pass oh. in 10 working days. Now, Freedom Pass, I think, might be an upgrade from my over-60s travel car. Um, 
I think it means I can uh, travel the world free. It's quite a dystopian sounding email. Free. The council will grant you a freedom pass <laughs> if your application yeah. is successful. Papers, please. <laughs> I don't like the... I mean, why does one need a freedom pass? I consider oh, my, I it's feel, a bit the prisoner, isn't it? I feel yeah. like I'm waiting for a pardon to come through. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? They're yeah. building the scaffold. Any yeah. news from the governor's office? I find it a bit Joseph K, the whole thing. Mm. Well, I'll keep you posting on one freedom. I'm, I am actually going for free and hated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Become You're the going wasp. wasp. You're going wasp. Frank well, went wasp, not egg. Maybe on, on... I'd always go egg every time, Frank. <laughs> on my uh, art show that I worked on, where, as I was explaining, I was told that everyone hated me on set. They, Why they, might, have a, they might have a free and hated party. <laughs> Um, on my behalf. Yes, with lots of sort of jam. I don't believe that's true anyway. For all the wasps. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of sweet things in the open air. Oh, sweet things in the open air. Now, you've been talking... What a party that was. (laughs) You've been talking about Oh, I've been talking. For most of the morning, if we're honest. Well, I was confronted with cheese. It wasn't my my idea. Oh, how do you think Tom and Jerry feel? Which yeah. character is confronted by the cheese in that, actually? Well, Jerry is the, is the is mouse. Is Jerry the mouse? Because it's Tom, cat, that's the thing to hold on to. Mm. When you say hold on to it, I never intend to watch no, it but, again in my life because I'm an adult with responsibilities. Well, it was one of those that, unless it's got produced by Fred Quimby, you want to be avoiding it because the modern stuff is... Oh, Very no. poor. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, but which one is Pete in our favourite character? Is he in Tom and Jerry? Pe- no, Pete is Disney. <laughs> oh, OK, I've got it all wrong. Um, Pete, because he's an obscure Disney character... Do you know Pete, by the way? Which Could you tell Pete? Pierre who well, Pete is? Well, that's a very good question. <laughs> yeah. We had a long debate. I had a, I had a text in <laughs> on what kind of animal is Pete. And Pete is a sort of a... Periphery Disney character who plays generally unpleasant characters. He, sort of he was Goofy's neighbour. Goofy's sort of bully, yes. Yeah. The big, possibly or he'll a suddenly... cat. Well, we th- I think we arrived at Cat as a final. He's part dog, part sort of heavy. He's just yeah. big. He's like Bluto from, from Popeye. Yes. He's Daryl a bit Chester. like Brian Bluto, who I think. He aggr- slightly aggressive characters. I, I believe yes. Bluto's name was changed to Brutus. But they kept the same character. Okay. I don't know why so that was. Peter's sort of constantly slapping Goofy's back and saying, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Goofy. Yeah, Peter's uh, he's a bully. Yeah. Yeah. Does he have a, I think he might wield a cigar even. Yes. I think I even thought he yes. was a bull or something like that, but he turned out to be a very um, well developed cat. It's a sort of civet or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what what breed he is, but um, I don't think he has a tail. Maybe he's a manx. I think, I think yeah. Frank's texting was, "What is Pete?" <laughs> yeah, but Pete has Pete has one advantage, and this is where Disney obscurity comes in. Hold on, I'm being. I'll tell. I'll tell oh, you right. Pete, Pete's advantage. <laughs> Um, that's the band I'm playing next. No, it isn't. Um, I'll tell you what I think is Pete's advantage after this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We're talking about Pete from the... Yeah, we've gone back to talking about Pete, which I resolved I would never do. (laughs) Pete, the Disney character, uh, Google him if you don't know him, he's a periphery Disney character who... um, He's a sort of heavy. I think um, he, it was Pete who um, 
terrible name as well. Suggested mm. to goof his son that there was no Santa. Yes. And uh, I was proved humiliatingly wrong when Santa turns up at the end. Quite right. Mm. And um, I don't think he reprimands Peaks. He's a forgiving Does old Pete character. Does speak? Because some of these Oh, char- God, Pete yeah. speaks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like all bullies. How does he speak, Pete? In, in, a, in an intimidating <laughs> he talk, fashion. He talks like yeah, this. Kind of yeah, goof. Yeah, what are you doing with it? Yeah, a real man would have mown his lawn, goof. <laughs> but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, uh, <laughs> is uh, I think we've got uh, Pierre's character for the absolute fancy dress <laughs> yes, party. Pete. <laughs> Go in as Pete, that'd be a... I'd no, love that. But where, Pete's advantage is because he's periphery mm. and he's a bit of a specialist interest, Pete. Even for Disney enthusiasts. He's a deep Google. Yeah. He never endures what I refer to as bad Disney. Mm. And bad Disney is what you see painted on fairground. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. With, with some sort of a spray can. In an enormous <laughs> flouting of all copyright rules, <laughs> someone who shall be unnamed for legal reasons paints like goof, a thick-set goofy. Yeah. Um, and because we don't know who the hell did Mickey it. Mickey Mouse with eyes completely the wrong size. Oh, really sort of... Yeah. Or Mickey, Mickey Mouse, but with full-length trousers. And Can I blue. also yeah, say... With, with four fingers and a thumb, <laughs> yeah. Mickey Mouse. And doesn't appear to have seen any pictures of Madonna after 1984. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> yes. think... Or George Michael. MJ as well. What they, this they is like a person... As well. I once met a court artist outside a courtroom in London and I went over and explained my great admiration for the genre... <laughs> You know, the pastel, or the white pastel crayon on the Met officer's shirt. Yes. And um, she showed me some of her work. We had a really lovely chat. And I said, so are you working as like it's a lovely day? And she said, no, we're not allowed to draw in court. Oh, my God. She said, people who are court artists invariably have virtually photographic memories. So you go and have a good old stare, eye up the details, and then you go into an ante room and do your drawings. Gosh. Oh, is that right? Then I didn't and know I that. think the bad Disney's, they don't have <laughs> photographic memory, no. but they are working on a similar... There I, are I no Disney characters no present re- when they draw. <laughs> it's purely from memory, probably of watching them in their childhood. I think they draw like they're having Disney described to them by an old sailor who saw them once. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've... I've as, as is my want, Frank, I've obviously Googled Pete and I'm reading about Pete. Yes. Okay. But I have a fantastic what piece of trivia. reading about Pete? Oh, on, on uh, the Disney fandom wiki. Oh, what does it say? Great piece of trivia about Pete. Mm. Having appeared three years prior to Mickey Mouse, Pete is the oldest recurring Disney character. Wow. And the first villain. But he's had a lot of... Uh, the evolutions of Pete... Mm was my thesis but the evolutions of Pete I would uh, I would go in deep there Mm. but the oldest and the first villain yeah Mm. again a position I held on the art show Still sounding good. That was Heart of Glass by, again, according to my notes, Blown-Eyed. 
B L O N I D E. It's been a it's been a rough week. Or oh, is I call her Frank? <laughs> Blondie. Yeah, I quite like blow-eyed. <laughs> it sounds like a sort of fictional chemical from a sci-fi. It or... sounds very Bond villain. We're well, going course... to lower you a twelve out of pure blow-eyed. <laughs> but I think bromide doesn't mm. that lower your um, your physical uh, excitement levels? Isn't that bromide? Yeah, I think bromide. it was given to soldiers in the army to stop them getting yes, too frisky. Do you know when Chill I first out. encountered bromide? I was at a Duran Duran concert. Oh, I like it so far, this story. In about 1987, let's say. OK, embarrassing. I know, I know. <laughs> no, maybe 1988. And I felt for them because it was maybe two or three, maybe it was three or four years, let's say, after their white-hot mm. peak. Mm. So they were playing Brighton instead of Wembley. It was that sort of thing. They were like me. They're on Simmer. Yeah, they're on Simmer, exactly, Frank. <laughs> and I think they Frank felt Simmer. they weren't... They... <laughs> 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 that needs something. That deserves something. That's the second uh, volume of my memoirs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frankie, I should have called the first one Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> Diaries of a wasp. Oh, <laughs> I'd never call me that again. My parish priest heard you call me that. <laughs> anyway, I'm at the Duran Duran concert. I've looked up. And I can see they're a little bit disappointed with the response. Because they're used to oh, screaming mm. girls. Yeah. We've all got on a bit. We're all a bit... I mean, I was still a teenager, may I say, at this point. But... And at one point, I remember Simon Le Bon suddenly said, is there bromide in the water in this part of the world or something? Oh, oh. Ooh. And I didn't know what that is. And I don't think most of the other people did. So it went a bit silent. No, it's not. Well, even um, the, the brain... <laughs> Uh, that is, Pierre Novelli didn't know what bromide was. And then he kept referring to bromide. He said, have you been at the oh, bromide no. again? Oh, no. Oh, it's no. like when I saw the cult <laughs> and he started calling that man Mr Shirt in the audience because he was wearing, like, a normal shirt rather than some sort of band T-shirt. <laughs> when rock stars get ang- never get angry with the No, fans. never get angry on stage no. is, my, uh, is my general Have you really? Rule. Has that been your rule? Yeah, ruined Hitler. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. We were having a lovely chat about bromide. No. And then you did... Can I say, we're only talking about... If you're listening on one of the decade yeah. channels, 80s, we, we, I just played um, Blondie on the main channel, <laughs> but it, due to a misprint, it says blown-eyed, mm. which is like bromide. Uh, but what I like about it also is that Blondie, you could say, was a tremendous aphrodisiac, well, certainly when I was a young man, yeah. and only changed one little... Let around, well, and it, it becomes equated mm. with um, something which suppresses those appetites. Yes. And you can learn a lot from that, the importance of uh, getting exactly the right letter. Frank right Zimmer, word. Frank Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> now, Frank. No. I think... I used to drink in an Irish pub, and when you walked in, the landlord would go, no. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I liked it. It was a man who lived in the moment. <laughs> I think it's time we turn to some of our reader correspondents. Oh, yes. How would you feel yeah. about that? Well, I asked if people, because we're pre-recording this week, so don't text in or you'll waste your money. Um, I um, 
I pre-recorded. Um, I didn't pre-record. I was just slightly put off by something then. But don't worry. This is what happens. Yeah. Uh, what was we talking about? We can yeah. cut this, can't we? Yeah. Or leave it in because people like the rubbish bits. Hmm? I think. Okay. Can you? You can't say what you were distracted by. No, I just. I'll be honest with you. I the, think you the television is on mute in case a big story happens, and we uh, need to. It wouldn't really matter on a pre-record, but it just had a clip of John Motson walking on set on Fantasy Football, being greeted by me, and it made me feel slightly emotional. Mm. So that put me off. I apologise for my unprofessionalism. Uh, maybe we should go into a, a thing while I. Um, yes. Frank, I want deeply mm. to go over to our readers' contributions. Yes, yes. Mm. So let's kick off with Dean Rawlings. Okay. You may recall, I think it was last week's show, you were telling us about your experiences in Holland. Mm-hmm. And I made it sound slightly sinister. Holland or the Netherlands? Oh, the Netherlands. I don't no, know well, Holland. I was in Holland, actually. Oh, well... Yeah, why are they so... Pick a name. Pick a lane, No, no, but Holland, I discovered this... Is it is, different? ...is part of the Netherlands, yes. and it's the oh. part that Amsterdam is in. Yes, oh. and it's like saying England instead of the UK. Is it? Yeah, something okay. like that. So oh. I was in Holland, but I was also in the Netherlands. Mm. OK. So you were talking about how you'd uh, got into clogs. Yes. You'd become a fan. I'd literally got in. I actually tried a pair. <laughs> I, I was uh, so close to to getting to getting oh. a pair. Well, Dean. See, if I'd have had a man on the tube, it would have made sense of being offered cheese, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, he would have been mumbling. Oh, you look like you can use a bit of cheese. Yeah, and someone else would have been holding up one of those. You know, those things that blow cold air on you. Those little windmill things. <laughs> you see, I, I miss the days. My dentist used to wear white clogs. Really. And uh, Rolf, who is Norwegian. And I always felt so comforted and reassured by them. Now they'd be wearing the Crocs. Mm. So There's a, a Salima Hill poem, and I can't remember it word for word, but she said, I try to look... I think it's... I think it's adorable and sensible. And oh. she said, like a pair of surgeon's Crocs before they are splattered with blood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, forgive me, Salima, uh, for slightly misquoting you, but she won't be listening. She uh, she okay. lives in Dorset, I think. Well, why would that <laughs> rule her out? Oh, have they got DAB? Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> um, Dean Rawlings. Mm-hmm. Dean wanted... Uh, Dean has some holiday purchase stories. Whilst on holiday in France, we decided to bring back a variety of cured meats, mm. which were hanging attractively in a butcher shop window. Makes sense. This is he's talking my language. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, our cases were mislaid. They got uh. lost, along with the cured meat. Several weeks later, our luggage was found and returned home, along with the smell of death seeping from the cases. Oh no! Needless to say, the cured meats. Went straight into the bin. Imagine local dogs <laughs> chasing that, the car that delivered that suitcase back down the street. 
Oh, that's horrible. Well, they obviously weren't cured enough. No, it's no. usually cured lasts for... I, they told us when I bought the thousand-day-old goat cheese, Yes, I was told it would happily live outside of a fridge for a month. Mm-hmm. At least, well, once you've done a thousand days. Yeah? Yeah. Well, like freedom um, pass. <laughs> I, I, uh, I had some this week, of course. I got stuck into the thousand-day-old goat. And uh, if my mother-in-law won't mind me calling her that. Oh, my actual no, no. God. No, I... Um, <laughs> it's a joke. Sandy, if you're listening. And it was so rich, that cheese. Mm. Um, oh, a bit like, bit like some other old goats, I know. It, yeah, <laughs> it tasted almost like chocolate. Did it? It was that thick and Gosh. deep and dreamy. Yeah. Mm. You're going to start offering it to people on the tube? Um, too late now, unless I unless I offer it already processed by me. Oh. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. Frank Skinner, or Frank Simmer? Hmm. Hmm. Or Frank Hans Boyle. Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Does he feel his career isn't as hot as it was? <laughs> no. Um. We have been talking... I'm also in my own unique limbo of being between an over-60s travel card and a freedom pass. Yes, Yes. in this dystopia. This no-man's land, I find myself. Can you still say no-man's land? Is that acceptable? Pierre? Yeah. I feel it it should be a no-person's land. It would be if we had World War I again. Hmm. Yeah, well... No, that probably won't happen. Okay. Um, have you, have you gentlemen, stopped talking about <laughs> military battles? <laughs> Perhaps we could lighten the atmosphere in here. Um, <laughs> so, impulse holiday purchases. Oh yes, I was talking about nearly buying clogs. Yes. Actually buying cheese. One of cheese. the greatest stories you've ever told. And of when course, when you nearly bought clogs. And of course, <laughs> well, it, it took on a whole thing of. I've got to an age of experience where I can stop myself from buying everything that seems a great idea on holiday. Though mm. I did get a Hard Rock Cafe Amsterdam T-shirt. Well, Lennon three six nine six. Lennon as in. Well, you may say I'm a dreamy. Yeah, that Lennon, okay. That's that Lennon, not okay. the uh, the Russian character. No, he was a more of an Ian. Lennon uh, did purchase the clogs. Oh, how and did that go? I'll tell you how it went. I still very much use my clogs. Oh. In fact, I'm wearing them right now. Gone through four pairs, what? I've started having to get them shipped over. What? So, Frank... Yeah, see, I made a you, mistake. How do you go through clogs? They're made of wood. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Some to? sort of Pinocchio. I mean, I'm imagining Lennon's... I think he does a lot of those hot coals walks. <laughs> 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 he works at a tiki bar. Yeah. Oh, I see. Do you think, can you imagine <laughs> Lennon? The thing about Lennon, I find, though, is that you always know when he's coming... Well, yeah. He can't do anything. But now that's. But what Lennon has done now, he's made me think, oh, I should have got them. I'll tell you what did occur to me, because they're still on my mind. Yes. I was lying in bed thinking about the clogs, and the thing that has consoled me is they must, by definition, be uncomfortable. Yes, surely. And they they say wear a thick woolen sock. 
That's mm. attractive. But, you know. <laughs> also, Frank, what worries me about Lennon... Lennon, mm. what I'd like <laughs> to know... Quotes from the czar. Is yeah. <laughs> what worries... I tell you what, what or worries me about Lennon... <laughs> is... <laughs> is yeah, okay. No, what worries me about Lennon is... Lennon, do you have wooden floors? Do you have neighbours? He doesn't need wooden... He's got his own wooden floor. <laughs> yeah. But I just think they're quite a selfish footwear, potentially. They, they, if you're wearing them in a flat, but we're not, yeah. we've no evidence that he does that. <laughs> But even in a house, no, is that fair on the people you live with? I don't want you'd, that. You'd slip on carpet, wouldn't you? Because they're sort of smooth wood. You'd... I, you could do the thing they used to do in new shoes in the wardrobe department, scrape yeah. a fork yes. on the bottom to make them a Nail bit... scissors. Yes. But Frank, what I don't g- even want to hear that in the street. I heard someone behind me the other day and she had the kind of heels that were going clomp, clomp, clomp. I turned around, I looked at her and went... Well, that's extreme, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying. But that's how I feel when some idiot goes past with a suitcase on wheels, going... <laughs> <laughs> what occurred to me about clogs, quickly, is if I got one, it was uncomfortable. All I need is a chisel. Oh, yes. And wood chisel in there, and I can I can take that, that uncomfortable bit out. Customise. You can't do that with a leather shoe. No. So... Maybe if you can get them uh, online, I might not yet have escaped the temptation. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner. on Absolute Radio. <laughs> I've been doing, I think, just around the house. Remember last week I, we were talking about um, car horns with regional accents? So if, if someone blasts their horn at you in Northern Ireland, it goes, Arr! <laughs> Arr! Arr! <laughs> like that. And I've just been doing them round the house. Yes. On my own. Oh. So, like, if you're in Liverpool... <laughs> <laughs> how's, how's Kath at the moment? <laughs> She's, um, you know, Don't difficult. What would South, South Africa beep, beep? Hardly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Beep. South Africa, yeah. Honk. Something like that. Yeah, what would that be? Beep. Beep. Um... Anyway, um, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with uh, Emily D and P and Valley. We're not live, so don't text. Twitter and Instagram, you can get us on at Frank on the radio or email us frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Can I just quickly add something on the subject of horns? Ben Harrington got in touch to say, I once hired a large red SUV in the US of A. We'll get back to US of A. Can you get back to SUV? What is that? (laughs) Oh, it stands for... It's Something a people vehicle. carrier. Okay. Yeah. What it, uh, Pierre will know what it stands for. He'll come back to us on that while I continue. Mm. We called it Big Red. OK. Oh, I don't know about Big... I quite like Big Red. Big we, Red was... Um, was it a dog that was called Big Red in an so. old Disney film? I hope so. There's probably a bad a painting of it on a fairground somewhere. Yeah. The Bloodhound, call- wasn't um, it? Anyway. We called it I Big Red. I thought it was red. a red setter. Hmm? No. We called it Big Red and drove it over Northern California. We loved it, Big Red, until I had to use the horn. Mm. It was very high and slightly camp. Oh. I'm afraid you never know what's going on under the hood. No. no. That's from Ben Harrington. I suppose you'd want a sort of ship's fog horn if you're driving some sort of massive... Yeah, you don't want... Mm. You don't want that... How did it go? Mm. <laughs> That's how I think it went. Yeah. <laughs> Arr. 
R. That's when I'm in Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could get. I'd quite like an Oliver Hardy one. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if they have two syllables. Oh, they used to have. Yeah, Navelli. What say you? Well, I was going to say regarding these cured meats, as, as a as a, at least well, an original South African, I can't let this lie. Well, when we started talking about cured meats, I felt animation because. I sat up straighter in my chair. Novelli Colour returned to my cheeks. Novelli likes meat. Yeah. Oh, We're still he? getting around that. He is likes he meat. Is he a real... Is he a pro, one of those meat men? Mm, I'm afraid so. <laughs> I mean, he would have seen that as a tragic story, the loss of those cured meats. And as you said, they weren't cured enough. <laughs> no, I would have fallen to my knees in mm. grief before immediately being furious with whoever claimed to have cured them. It is an odd... Unless they were kept in some heated... I've got to be honest, Pierre, I thought of you when I went to the Chelsea Flower Show and mm. they took me into some strange yurt affair mm. and they said, this is the Guy Ritchie meat. It's a specialist barbecue. It's a whole... Oh. It's a devo they're devoted to meat. It's like a giant sort of shack for men to eat meat in. At the you Chelsea Flower it. Show? Yes. Is it just to keep them busy while... But it's Guy Ritchie's business. Is he, He's oh. an obsession with meat. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, really? he's obsessed by it. Oh, it's right. like, it's a space for... It's like a meat unit, meat-eating unit. You cook it, 12 men sit around eating the meat. That's my nickname. It's odd <laughs> meat because unit. Madonna appears to be made out of brie. So I'd have thought he'd have been more of a cheese man. But she's got the beef jerky arms. Uh, she looks remember, chewy. When we went to that famous motorway services on tour, mm. what's it called? Oh, it's the one in, tea in Bay. Cumbria. T-Bay. T-Bay oh. services, which is I would recommend to anyone. Oh. And when... Uh, they had homemade biltong, oh. if you'd have seen Pierre's face. <laughs> oh. oh, man. It was like Willy Wonka. So um, it's you love like, cured that meat, then? Mm, it's I, like one of my favourite stage directions, which is in the My Fair Lady <laughs> script. And when um, Alfred Doolittle finds out that his daughter is living at a millionaire's house, it says... Doolittle exits like a man on his way to El Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Pierre looks like me. at Tea Bay. <laughs> Pierre, let's talk about the meat. I don't I, forget this week's texting. What is a scullery? <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I uh, I grew up with. Sort By the way, don't text in because <laughs> oh, yes, we're not yeah. live. No. It was a joke. That's actually a joke. No, we are the well, cured meats. I've got no idea. <laughs> we are the cured meats. Yeah. Yes. Um, I grew up facing a, a similar cured meat in luggage transportation issues mm. because you are not allowed to bring uncooked sort of beef products into the UK or on, uh, into the Isle of Man. Right. And technically. We should, we should establish this is where you lived. Was it South Africa first, then? In Isle of Man, okay. yeah. And so we would attempt to bring d Southern African delicacies. Mm. Biltong, Druvos, but they're technically... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, back a bit. I don't know what... Wurst is meat, isn't it? Sausage. Frank, can you, Sausage. Can you deal with this? Trövost. Drur is a dry. Trövost. Oh, okay, so dry sausage. But, but not like salami, like dry enough that you can snap it, really dry. So oh, okay. what's bratwurst then? Um, bra whatever brat is sausage. Oh. 
Okay. Rat sausage. Small, unpleasant <laughs> child. Yes. Ground into... Yes, Stribel uh, Peter has <laughs> minced some bad children. So yeah. go on. So... Technically, we can I, I say I went to the Stravel Peter Museum in did Germany? You? <laughs> did you? Yeah, for Do you know that was a quiet day in Germany. <laughs> I would. I'm really jealous of you. Yeah, that was one of my favourite books as a child. Really? Mm. That, don't tell anyone that. Why? Because it's such a cruel, dark uh, book. Yeah. Well, we didn't have much option. It was that or Macbeth at my house. Fair yeah. enough. Take your pick. Back to the meat. So I remember having to sit bored out of my skull while my parents did their best to explain to various customs officers that no, it wasn't cooked, but yes, it wasn't raw. Oh, God, that is difficult. So so it's been cooked. They go, well, no. But there was an early lesson that you mustn't try and tell the technical truth to people in authority. So what had been done to it? It is cured and dried and and sort of salted and there's salt and vinegar and all sorts of preservatives. But never cooked? No, but this stuff is rock hard. I mean, it would keep for 100 years. Did they get it through, generally? They got. They failed once or twice when they were stupid enough to tell the truth. I don't like the sound their, of failed. Well, I can they, imagine them on those customs programs. It's a programs. great thing to be getting through. Uh, I mean, it's a, a very dry, hard sausage is something that you think if you got desperate, you could get through customs in, uh, oh, in the traditional smuggling ways. You'd think. But they have ways of finding... But anyway, Anyway. you you must never tell the truth. Can I ever tell you, by the way, one of the saddest stories you'll ever hear? You must never tell the truth. Not when it comes to dried meats and customs. (laughs) When I first came down to London from from the West Midlands doing gigs, I went to Camden and I was walking through Camden Town in North London and a man came up to me and said, "Uh, do you want to buy some uh, stuff? He said... and I said, instead of saying no, I said, well, the thing is, I've got so many crazy things already going around in my... And he'd, he'd walked away. <laughs> it was a terrible <laughs> yokel way of refusing <laughs> drugs. Oh, did you pretend to be... A yeah, you know, I'm so wild. In any way, I don't... But he'd gone. He, he wasn't interested. I'm just so embarrassing. Oh, I'm actually... You can't see it on radio. I'm actually doing the loser <laughs> sign on my forehead. You know what? It feels good. It was Ash Wednesday, um, well, on Wednesday. So I went... Um, did you go to the, did you have to do the cross on your head? Yes. So, did you? Yeah, what they do is, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in, in Catholic circles, they take the palms that are left over from Palm Sunday, which was like last Lent last year, and they burn those and then the ashes are put on your head. Ah. And they aim at a cross, but obviously, often it just comes out as a bit of a blob in the middle of the head. And interestingly, this on, on, the, uh, on the subject of uh, religious festival mashups, um, being Palm Sunday <laughs> and Ash Wednesday, I, when I had my pancakes on Tuesday, we didn't get the Nutella we intended to get. And so... Uh, Boz had an Easter egg left over, so we broke that up onto the pancake. Oh, there again, yeah. Easter and um, Shrove Tuesday. Uh, of course, a sort of recycling. Festival mashup. Very green. <laughs> yeah. Frank, what's Shrove then? Is that a religious thing or...? It, well, well, it's traditionally, a, I suppose it's a day in which you are shriven. Mm. 
Oh, I don't like the sound of that. No, but what, the way, what it's become is that's the day you go crazy <laughs> and have all the cakes, chocolate, sweet. Yeah, it depends on what you're going to give up. You go for it that day because you're going to give it up the next day for yeah. six weeks. Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday. Mm. So what will you give up? Nothing I can talk about on breakfast radio. <laughs> oh, for God. So, um... Clogs. <laughs> anyway, I, uh... So I, I went in, and I, by the way, every time I have pancakes, I'm going to put pancakes in on the list, which includes turkey mm. and uh, kite flying. Yes. As things that I do and think, you know what, I'm going to do this all the time, and then I don't do it for another year or so. And pancakes, I always think, God, I love pancakes. I'm going to have them all, but no. What's, what, what saint's feast are you flying kites for? No, that's just the thing I, <laughs> I, I do occasionally. Um, yes. The feast I, of St. Phileas Fogg. Yeah. I, um, was, it, was it the flu? Who was the American president who flew kites? Was it Benjamin Franklin? Yes. I yes. only know he tied a key to it. Yeah. Anyway, so... Um, so I went to church, I got my ashes, um, and... Oh, freedom pass. I, I then walk home, so I have to walk home with this with the ashes on my Hang on. Whoa, forehead. Whoa. What do you mean? So they put... Who does the ash? Is the it, priest Is it the vicar? It. Priest. Yeah. And you walk up, he just... He puts it on your forehead, so everyone's got this big black mark on the head. A woman... Yeah. I met a woman who worked in... Irish television and she worked on the Irish Parliament coverage and said on Ash Wednesday the Catholic politicians would say, can you touch my ashes up a bit so they're more visible? (laughs) (laughs) But in fact, you know, as as religious as you may be, you do think, I've now got to walk home with this. um, (gasps) On my head. Oh, this makes sense. I saw a prominent member of the, uh, the Kennedy family they're, they're, they're your lot, aren't yes. they? And they, he had the crop, mm. that's why. Okay. Well, I, of course, I've got quite a big forehead. <laughs> I don't think there's any question about that. So in there's just this tiny black figure in the middle of an absolute array of whiteness. Looks a bit like those pictures of the lovely Alison Hammond with the BAFTA winners. Frank Skinner. <laughs> Absolute Radio. So, yeah, so people were staring on the walk back with this big black, was I say basically a blob, really, a black dot in the middle of my... I thought maybe they were having flashbacks to old blind Pew um, in Treasure Island who confronted (laughs) Billy Bones with the black spot and it means you're marked down to be killed. Um, I suspect they weren't. Okay. Billy Bones, I don't know if you remember from... Have you read Treasure Island? Mm. He was the one who sang, habitually sang 15 men on a dead man's chest. (laughs) Yo-ho-ho ho ho and a bottle of rum. I love Have You Read Treasure Island. It was Rag Week, week, I think, at Pirates uh, (laughs) University. 15 men on a dead man's chest. (laughs) Does Rag Week still exist, by the way? Yes, yeah. Do they still, like, all get into a phone box and... (laughs) There are still 
There's still an element of wackiness. Is it always doc- is it doctors normally? You never hear about yeah. it now. You used to see people yes. pushing a bed down a street or all getting into a mini or something. I think yes. it varies by establishment, but it's got a strong medical student vibe to it. I thought it was... Uh, it got out of hand one year and I think a celebrity was kidnapped. Mm. And uh, that was seen as uh, overstepping the... Mark, I think. Mm. I think generally these things are, are, if they're not discouraged, they're made unofficial, so no one's liable at the university. Yes. Well, anyway, one bloke who stared at me got very excited and started nudging his wife and all that sort of thing. And I realised that if you see a celebrity, that's a, that's a point scorer. If you see a soiled celebrity, <laughs> that's a real bonus, <laughs> isn't it? What well, sort of um, you, you you don't you don't just see them but you see them as sort of mustard on their shirt or something that you think is a mistake yeah exactly yes. uh, it's, 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 it's that joy of thinking not everything in this person's life is great yes seeing seeing Clarkson <laughs> drop a takeaway coffee exactly mm. well you should have added the clogs and they'd have known not everything was great well they'd have also <laughs> heard me coming of yeah. course did you so how long does the ash last on the it, well, I think you've it, got to at least walk home. But obviously, the next shower, it tends to come off. You don't have to keep it on okay. forever. But, you know, if I was wearing a bindi, people would think it was quite cool and stuff. But they they do stare at you like he doesn't know he's got that. When I got in, my partner said, you've got a big black blob <laughs> on your head. I said, how long have we been together? How long have you been together? Every Ash Wednesday, you say that. <laughs> Oh man! And then um, here's the thing: um, I um, I did I got interviewed by um, You magazine. Well, that was a gasp got? from the producer. Yeah. Well, acting like it's Frost Nixon. Yeah. And um, well, this is for the is this the, for the poetry podcast? This is pushing the, the poetry podcast. And um, and the the. Uh, the lady. The lady um, kept me about 20 minutes over time. Mm. And I was meeting a friend in a local restaurant, the Open Coffin. <laughs> and um, I should explain probably that it's actually called the Oak and Poppy. But when I someone said to me, there's a new restaurant opening on the high street, it's called the Open Coffin. That's what I thought they said. Mm. And I've stopped with it. Where did you meet the lady? So I met her in Starbucks, the journalist. Oh, so you take her to the, just the chain and then you meet the friends in the Meet the friends posh in, the posh, in the okay. posh ones. So, so I was 20 minutes... I, was gonna, I knew I was going to be 20 minutes late for meeting the friend. So my publicist, who was with me, I said, you're going to have to come with me to the restaurant so you can be a reliable witness as to why I'm... Like living proof. We've yeah. all been there. Yeah, so I marched uh, the twenty-minute walk <laughs> to the restaurant to vouch for me. Um, it gets uh, it gets stranger. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. I arrived at the Open Coffin with my publicist and said, "Can you tell?" Tell my friend now. They knew each other happily. Mm. So she explained. And then Lucy, my publicist, turned to the woman on the next table and said, Oh, hello, how are you? So she knew her. Oh. 
And then the woman on the next table said, all right, Frank, how are you? I looked across, it was Patsy Palmer. Oh, shut up. Of EastEnders fame. <laughs> and it was recently on Dancing on Ice. So this friend of Lucy's said, can I have a photo with you two? And I said, it's OK by me. So we got in and did the photo. And then... Um, then they, then a, a pregnant woman came over and said, can I have a photo with you two? So we did that. But I know people were looking as if it was some kind of freak show. <laughs> but it does have something of the medieval carnival about it. Yeah, and then... Um, so I was talking then to Patsy Palmer, and then um, Chloe Maidley came in... <laughs> Where were you? ..with, um, with uh, James Haskell, the... Uh, I don't know if you know him... Um, the rugby. Yeah, it's a yeah. rugby. I'm not a rugby person, but... He was on I'm a Celebrity. Mm. No. I would have guessed he was Something rugby yeah. when he came in because yes. he looked like he could have come in without using the door. <laughs> <laughs> She's um, charming. I met her many years ago, as is the son. Well, Lovely then my Jack. friend said to Chloe Madley, oh, I produced you on Big Brother. And I thought, <laughs> this is the weirdest... <laughs> this is what people think London is like. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that... Um, I, when I left home and moved into a bed seat in Birmingham, there was a guy living in the next bed seat, and we were um, going to go to some do, uh, and there was going to be tango there. So we put some tango music on and saw if we could work it out. Tango together in his bed seat. <laughs> I remember saying to him, you know, this is why my mum and dad were worried about me moving out. <laughs> <laughs> to that London. Oh, man. We had a lovely um, text, didn't we, from... We did. This is regarding... We were talking about your poetry podcast. Um, did the interview go well, by the way? Yeah, I think so. It's hard to tell. OK. I, I will tell when it comes up. Um, Alex Jackson... Has mm. been in touch. Not the former West Bromwich Albion centre forward. I don't think so. Okay. Because it's spelled I L I X. Okay, it's not him. I am Joan Hunter Dunn's granddaughter. That is fantastic. I found your John Betjeman episode such a delight to listen to, and I would like to thank you. Well, Frank, I, would you care to explain? I should explain lovely. that John Betjeman, the poet, wrote a poem um, called The Subaltern's Love Song, which begins, Miss J. Hunter Don, Miss J. Hunter Don, furnished and burnished by Aldershot son. And uh, it's about um, Alex's grandmother, did she say? Yeah. Um, and uh, if you look at pictures of Joan Hunter Don when she was a young woman, she, you can imagine a man falling completely head over heels for her. So, um, oh, great. Wow. That's lovely. And that uh, you can listen to that uh, podcast on the Frank Skinner Poetry Podcast, which um, is available from wherever you get your podcast. What about that for a link? That's so moving, Frank, and that's the kind of correspondence you get. And from my podcast, I get sort of Alsatian pictures. But that's... <laughs> I so always remember, I saw Emily live and she yes. did a brilliant thing that any stand-up comic would have been proud of. She got people from the audience on stage to do their dog voice. Oh. Hello. <laughs> so people were all getting up. Like mine would be a little puppy. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> and people got up completely on a... It, normally, if you ask people to do that, they would be too embarrassed. Yeah. But they just went into... To their dog voice. Leaping up. It obviously fills such a warm place in their emotional landscape. They were happy yes. to go straight into it. It was brilliant. Gosh. Anyway, um, 
What's more annoying is more or less every week when I get home after the radio show, my partner said, that was a good show today, I thought. Oh, Emily said something that really, really <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> <sighs> and episode four of Frank Skinner's Poetry Podcast will be out on <gasps> Wednesday. Who is it, Frank? This week, Ted Hughes. Oh. I know. Oh, brilliant poet. And you can download it from wherever you get your podcasts. And you know what? Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back live next week. Um, well, uh, not according to the over 60s travel card people, but we'll see. If the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out.